0: When authoritarian forces try to erase you, destroy where you live, displace you, scrub you from history, then the antidote is telling your story to prevent a complete obliteration of the self. Hum, hum. Welcome to the Hospitable Imaginations Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Gonzalez, here with my review of a novel that is certain to be one of the best novels of 2020, The Mountain Sing by Nguyen Phan Kwe Mai. Within the last decade, we have been blessed with a slate of excellent storytelling by authors and artists of Vietnamese descent. Viet Thanh Nguyen's The Sympathizer, which garnered the Pulitzer Prize, is likely the superlative example here. But make no mistake, authors such as G.B. Tran, Ocean Vong, Tibui, Bui, Vu Tran, and Monique Truong have all contributed to the effort of filling in the glaring lacuna that is the American understanding of Vietnamese cultures and literature. Not from the American perspective, but from that of Vietnamese and Vietnamese American authors. Nguyen himself has often noted the American filter through which all things Vietnamese must pass. Particularly in Hollywood, thanks to films like Apocalypse Now, The Deer Hunter, Platoon, Full Metal Jacket, and, well, you probably know the rest. These films luxuriate in the Americanness of the war, painting it as solely an American tragedy, with the American cost of the conflict as its primary concern. Vietnamese characters appear as either one dimensional villains or cartoon characters. If there is one thing that American storytelling can do as easily as breathing, it's rendering marginalized non-white communities or nations as base stereotypes. Fact The Mountains Sing serves as a beautiful elixir to that short-sightedness, thanks to Win Phan Quay Mai. It is an epic story that feels preternaturally intimate. To be sure, the reader never feels like the story is a small one. It spans the better part of the 20th century and great swaths of Vietnam, and yet, The majority of the narrative is conveyed to the reader via two characters, Huang, a young girl coming of age at the close of what is known as the Vietnam War in the United States and the resistance war against America in Vietnam, and her grandmother, Tran Du Lan. These two women, separated by two generations of time and life experiences, narrate the beauty and the horror of their experiences in ways that made me laugh and well up with sorrow at various intervals. When Huang, nicknamed Guava by her grandmother, narrates, We are between the years of 1972 and 1980. The majority of her family is displaced or at war when we meet Huang, but her grandmother is there to keep her safe as bombs rain down all around them. As Huang's story progresses, the fate of her various family members slowly comes into clarity. She especially fears for her mother and father. The war has taken them, like so many others, into the maw of violent conflict. While I am somewhat educated on the military conflicts in Vietnam, the section on the land reform of the North was harrowing and enraging because I had never seen it so depicted in a story until now. Those are the sections of the novel that will haunt me long after reading it. Huang's narration is interrupted by stories told by her grandmother stories from three decades earlier that reveal how she became the woman she is. And Du Lan is a matriarch whose experiences have tempered her like steel. She is imbued with a sense of destiny and an acceptance that she is destined to endure terrible pain and hardship in order to fulfill the promise and potential of her life. While I have an unbounded sense of fondness and appreciation for the entire book, it is Dulon's life and resolve that allow the book to live up to the promise of its title as the opening and closing scenes attest. Whether in the past as a younger woman or in the novel's more recent timeline, Dulon will probably be one of the more memorable characters I have read in the last few years. She is diligent, loving, patient, forgiving, hard-fighting, and so much more. May everyone have a grandmother like Dulon. May everyone never have a grandfather like Wicked Ghost, a character who could not have a more accurate or unambiguous moniker. Kwai Mai nests other narratives within her overarching narrative. One of the core attributes of The Mountains Sing is that the act of storytelling is seen as healing, if painful, necessary, if terrifying. As an author who has until recently made her reputation as a superb poet, Kuei Mai reveals that she understands how to tell a gripping story. For instance, often there are scenes when an estranged family member is reunited with the family after many years. Huang and her grandmother, like the reader, are eager to know what has happened to the recently arrived character during the time they've been gone. And so, the various characters, in smart ways the author devises, tell their own story in the way they want to tell it. Other authors who attempt this technique often come across as trying too hard to be cute or modernist. Here, it feels so natural because so much of the novel has invested in the idea that telling stories is the way we keep memories alive. When authoritarian forces try to erase you, destroy where you live, displace you, scrub you from history, then the antidote is telling your story to prevent a complete obliteration of the self. Or, mayhap, It falls to someone else to narrate. One recalls Hamlet's final exhortation to Horatio to tell his, Hamlet's, story. I find this fascinating for yet another reason. In both representations of the trauma of war and in the lived experiences of those who suffer from wartime trauma, there is generally an aversion to talking about what happened. Sure, it's easy to say that talking about your trauma is helpful to the soul and the psyche but to do so invites the confrontation of horror and pain all over again. At least within the context of the U.S. war veterans that I know personally, they don't want to talk about what happened when they served, or they minimize it as just doing their job and are eager to move on to other matters. With the exception of one significant character who ultimately comes around by force, all of the characters who suffer unspeakable tragedy are determined to tell their story. It's as if the retelling of the experience keeps the injustice of the acts fresh like an open wound, but it also serves as a kind of balm for that self-same wound. Buddhism is often mentioned throughout the novel, and I wonder if this desire to confront pain by acknowledging it through story is related to Buddhist teachings. It is also notable that one family member who converts to Christianity, Catholicism specifically, and has a crucifix among their personal effects suffers from a terminal disease that makes speaking all but impossible. Instead, the character writes a letter, an epistle, that brought tears to this reader's eyes. The Mountains Sing is about the trials and tribulations of just one Vietnamese family among countless, which gives us one of the best ways to experience the horrors of war, the totality of war, through storytelling. William Faulkner explored the loss suffered by the American South through a microcosm of humanity on a patch of communal ground he called Yoknapatawpha County, and, within that, specific families over generations like the Comsons. Wen von Kwe Mai also explores the torment and anguish of a nation, not through the state, but through the Tran family that must be made to endure, to be fractured, to be put back together, to test whether or not they are worthy of honor and dignity. Through gorgeous prose and masterful storytelling, The Mountain Sing adds its much-needed voice to our understanding of Vietnam and its complex, alluring history and people. You can find my review of this and other books on my website, www.thechrisgonzalez.com Thanks for listening. Give us a like. Share on your favorite social media platforms. And be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode of Hospitable Imaginations.